Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, football fans. This is Danny Austin. This is the live from the 55 podcast here from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, we recording this here on Wednesday, dropping it on Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us and being with us. Um, big week. We've got Jerry Mojang from the uh, Edmonton Sun and Edmonton Journal, my colleague up there. It's a bit of a weird week in the CFL. The Stampeders are on a bye week. A couple other teams are on a bye week. So I figured with Edmonton playing Ottawa, why not focus on arguably the worst game of the season? Um, also, just ask kind of Jerry what's going on up there in Edmonton because it's been a terrible start to the season. And I think a lot of us, myself included, we're sort of expecting a little bit more. So wanted to check in with him, get that perspective on Edmonton. We're not going to do the whole Calgarian reporter um, hating on Edmonton thing because I don't hate on Edmonton. Um I'm just excited to talk to my friend and uh, talk a little bit about the Elks, see what he's expecting this weekend, see what he's expecting from the rest of the season. Uh, we're also going to have John Bender, who's dropping in partially because John Bender asked me if I wanted to use some of his memorabilia to decorate our studio, which podcast listeners won't be able to see. But, you know, it has been a work in project, work in progress as we have sort of tried to figure out everything with this podcast and this YouTube show. But we've got some new, you know, studio decorations coming in so i'm excited john's bringing that stuff in i don't think we're going to do sort of like a live reveal of our new decorations that that doesn't seem like a particularly interesting piece of audio but uh john bender is going to be here um so we're going to get into it here but before we do uh i would be remiss if i did not start here by talking a little bit about dan carson obviously this is a calgary-based um podcast we try to do things a little bit national, but uh, we're still based in Calgary. My job is covering the Stampeders and the Flames, but mostly the Stampeders for the last seven years. Um, Dan Carson predates me by a long time. This guy uh, was a public address announcer um, at all the Stampeders games for the last 31 years. Uh, he was six years old and, and died this week. Um, it was really sad. And I don't really have a lot more to add. Dan is not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we were best friends, but he was always a guy who I enjoyed seeing at the stadium. Um, always, you know, had a big smile on his face, was always really kind, especially when I was getting started. And, you know, it was just part of the fabric of Canadian football here in Calgary. I know we did a lot of work with the Dinos as well. And I think that for a lot of fans, you know, he was the voice that you heard. He was a part of the experience of going to the stadium. And, you know, I think he's really just going to be sadly, sadly missed. Uh, he was also, you know, on, on local radio, um, member of Country 105's Odd Squad morning team for, for a number of years, you know. Had a family. There's a lot more to him than just sort of his his work and um, was a, yeah, sons, Matthew and Kyle, former wife, Tracy, 
ultimately, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say beyond. It was just really, really shocking and sad to hear that news. And, and our just our thoughts are with Dan's family and friends and everyone who was lucky enough to know him. He was an important part of our community and uh, you know, just grateful for, for all that he did. So uh, thank you, Dan. We miss you. Um, anyways, we're going to move on and, and, and kind of talk about this weekend in the CFL. You know, technically, you'd call it a slow weekend on the schedule. Um, Stampeders are off. That would normally mean that I was off, but um, I have the show now, so I'm not off. And I also cover the Calgary Flames. So uh, this is actually a really, really busy week for me. So it's great that they are off. Uh, it means that I have a little bit of time to focus on the other parts of my job and not go completely crazy. Uh, but the riders who impressed me a lot last week against the Stampeders and the Ticats, who have absolutely not impressed me at all at any point this season. Uh, they are all off on bye weeks, meaning we only have three games. Normally, you, as I said, that would look like a... Oh, just punch the microphone. hope that wasn't terrible. Um, normally, you would say that that's, you know, slow weekend. It is not. Honestly, I love these three games. Um, Elks, Red Blacks. First up, I believe on Friday, uh, we're going to be chatting with Jerry Motorjong, just to repeat myself uh, about that one. Uh, honestly, this has potential. Like, these are the two worst teams in the league. The Elks haven't won at home forever. Fortunately, they're on the road against the Red Blacks, who are pretty terrible at home themselves, um, have been for a long time. So just just a real cracker of a game on, on Friday night, the type of thing you stay in for. Um, make sure that you, you know, devote your full attention to it. But I love it. I love a terrible CFL game in this chance for all sorts of chaos to happen um gonna be gonna be fun one of these teams has to win unless they don't in which case they tie and i love cfl ties uh covered a couple of them in ottawa but yeah terrible game that you know should be a little bit of fun nonetheless and then we've got the bombers alouettes which let's be honest i don't think any of us would have had this game circled on our calendar at all um a couple weeks ago before the season even to be perfectly honest with you uh a week and a half ago um but now the bombers are coming off this this pretty pretty brutal stumble against the bc lions last weekend suddenly this sort of team that's been in the gray cup three years in a row won two of them looked absolutely invincible coming out of the gate this year well they lost people have questions oh their o-line is looking a little bit old stuff like that i'm not it was one game i am not overreacting to it i absolutely promise you that they are still the bombers if i was a betting man which i am not i would put my money on them being in the gray cup but you know it, there are questions that's all i'm saying there are questions and they're going up against an Alouette's team who, you know, I, I love admitting how wrong my predictions were. I had to stop making predictions altogether because I look like an idiot. But I thought the Alouettes were going to be absolutely terrible this year. And they're 2-0. and Who would have thought that between the Alouettes and Bombers uh, in week four, the Alouettes would be the undefeated team. So, you know, in the same way that last week was a real prove-it game for, for the Lions, and they did prove it and sort of, you know, stake their claim as being the early season um, front runners. I think the Alouettes can go out and really, really, really show that they're for real with a win here. That's that's the beauty of playing the Bombers. If you win, people start taking you a lot more seriously. So, uh, curious. That's that's going to be a fun game. And normally, I'd say maybe the game of the weekend. Except then you got the I the uh, the Lions and the Argos. And uh, you know, this is the Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. Have looked great in two games. Ah, maybe not great against the Elks, but very good. You know, they're two and zero. They're going up against the story of the season. As I said, the Lions. You know. This team somehow lost Nathan Rourke and Brian Burnham in the offseason, and they just look like they haven't missed a step. You know, beating the Bombers, beating the Stampeders. Um, I should know who they 
in week two, but it was, oh, they shut out the Elks, 22 nothing. That was crazy. So, um, yeah, this is a top team in the West versus top team in the East, as far as I can tell. And who doesn't like that? That's uh, I, That game goes Monday. Um, legitimately, I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, it's, you know, this, this weekend's slate of games, as I was saying. It's a bit of a different schedule. Three teams on bye weeks. A lot of people are going to be out at the cottage, out of the cabin, out on the mountain, out at the lake. Um, but if you are at home, you do have a TV with access to, you know, the broadcast partner, TSN. Um, yeah, you know, I think that there's actually stuff that's worth watching this weekend. It should be fun. Uh, beyond that, I mean, the big news this afternoon, Hamilton Tiger Cats, Chris Edwards, was fined but not suspended for his shove on Austin Mack at the end of um, last weekend's game i will say uh, i had jeff hamilton on on monday's show and we honestly we had like the friendliest i can barely call it a debate it was just two guys talking but um for those who don't know chris edwards edwards basically you know faked a handshake and then shoved austin mack austin mack fell down um my opinion it was gutless it was not it wasn't a cool move um it, it wasn't the type of thing that we want to encourage in the league by any means but i don't know that a shove merits a a suspension if he had you know clocked him right in the jaw obviously a different story i think chris edwards has a bit of a reputation as a hothead um was, was involved in an incident with some fans back in the East final in 2021 which isn't great but for me it's a shove i'm not that mad about it it's the maximum fine you know you suspend him he's, he's just going to appeal it but i'm not that mad about this i'm glad that he got something obviously but i just i i think there's a, a little bit of a line that he didn't quite cross despite looking like an absolute idiot. So, um, yeah, that's that. We got lots to talk about. We got John Bender here, so let's, uh, let's get to it. But before we do, I also do very quickly want to thank our, our sponsor Fraser and fig, you know, can't do this without them here in Marta loop. Uh, these guys do cheese, charcuterie boxes. Um, they're curated with local and artisanal ingredients didn't didn't read that line very well but um you know they've got four sizes every occasion i, I i've told the story but i did have a picnic a couple of weeks ago it was a delightful time grabbed a little white wine drank it in a park um bought one of these charcuterie boxes as their website says it came with meat cheese dried fruit fresh fruit nuts olives pickles carrots i looked very good bringing that charcuterie box people the person was like, wow, you really know what you're doing here. I don't. I just went to Fraser and Fig. That's um, even people who do know what they're doing. I'm not saying that they wouldn't love it, but um, really appreciate what they do. Appreciate them being a sponsor. Thanks. Let's get to John Bender. All right, John Bender. Um, you've been on before. I never know exactly how to introduce you. How do you want me to introduce sure. you? Sure. Uh, usually what they do when I was on the radio or whatever is just University of Nevada alum and Calgary St. Peter's alumni. Perfect. Okay. So University of Nevada alum and Calgary St. Peter's alumni um, brought along a couple, uh, a 2014 Calgary St. Peter's Great Cup champion. Um, Great Cup. It's rules. Um, have you ever done a shot out of it? Uh, I have not. Uh, I've drank out of the actual Great Cup. That was that was pretty enjoyable. When was that? But, uh, uh, 2014 and 2018. I knew quite a few guys on the team when they won. So uh, when they were making their rounds, I just popped by and said hi to a few guys and, uh, you know, had to you know, see, see how the celebration was. Yeah, Alex Singleton um, actually forced me in 2018. I, uh, I was trying to pay and get out of the bar where I was having lunch. Um, and Singleton's mom had warned me that they were coming. So I was trying to pay quickly, but I didn't get out quickly yeah. enough. So they, they did force me, him and Brandon Smith, to do a shot. I think one of those things people don't realize is that Great Cup holds like two liters of beer. 
So when they fill that thing up, they can't really go anywhere until it's gone. So, oh, so sometimes they're recruiting a lot of people to this. It's been days. Like I remember I saw them at the Flames game in 2018. And, you know, they took them up there to the concourse. One of the beer vendors on the concourse filled that thing right to the brim. And these guys barely have voices. They've been going for three, four days straight. So okay. they saw me walking by and said, we need some help. <laughs> nice. How much yeah. did you get down? I don't know. I, I didn't get the whole two liters for sure, but I put a dent in it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, there, there are stories we can't tell. There are stories we can't. I feel like that's, a, that's an all right one. Yeah. Um, I saw you. We were, we ran into each other um, at Stamps House. You were at the game on Saturday. Uh, general takeaways, pretty tough game to revisit, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was some good and some bad, uh, some things that we could uh, look forward to, maybe McMahon Stadium. I think we all saw what the difference of having an extra 7,000 people in the house does. And yeah, uh, was awesome. the crowd you know, was we good. got some attendance in that 20 to 25 range, a little bit higher. I think that that will be a lot better game day experience for everyone. And I think we saw, you know, a team with the Stampeders that certainly has lost a few weapons on offense. If we went into the season and we said they wouldn't have their top three or four guys on offense, that they were expecting to get big, uh, you know, big yardage, big touchdowns, big plays from, um, you know, I think that we'd be pretty disappointed. And that's kind of where we're at. So this will be an opportunity for some other guys to step up. But, uh, you know, it was tough to see a loss there. You know, they had an opportunity to win, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here down the stretch with the rest of the games. Yeah, I think there's a balance. I mean, I've had, honestly, emails that are angry with me and and emails that have sort of acknowledged, like, it's easy for fans to say, oh, next man up, and repeat what the players and the coaches say. The reality is, like, when you're talking about a Reggie Bagleton, more specifically a Malik Henry, who, you know, was their top receiver last year and has torn his Achilles tendon, that's typically a one-year injury. That's not just, you know, the end of the season. That That's going to disrupt his off-season training, all of that. Kadeem Carey, Diedrich Mills has done a great job, but Jalen Philpott, I mean, like, there's not always a next man up of that caliber when we're talking about the skill positions or really any position. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that, that the CFL is unique in that, like, you don't go into the first round and draft a, you know, you know, franchise altering player kind of all the guys are kind of waiting in the wings and waiting for their opportunity and a lot of the guys have you know been practicing for three six games some of the guys may have been around for a year kicking around practice rosters and now they finally got their chance so there won't be any other in the wide receiver corps saying that they didn't get a shot this year so uh you know, they'll have lots of opportunity, lots of reps. And, uh, I mean, they did bring in some young guys, a wide receiver. I mean, I think that they would they would, they would really like to have Phil Pot back right now because he'd be another young guy they'd be looking for. But uh, between Rice and John and Cole Tucker and some of the other you – know, Yeah, Clark Barnes. Yeah, Clark Barnes. But those guys are Luther, starting now. Vanu, those guys are around. starting now. They're going to get all the reps. So, oh. uh, you know, this will be kind of a sink or swim model for them, and hopefully they uh, can develop quickly and have an opportunity to run with it. When Malik went down some fan – was like said the next man up thing and again it bothers me a little bit when anyone not on the team says next man up um in a way that i i, I guess to articulate it i just don't it's if you're out there on the field and you say next man up i, I don't think it's disrespectful to the player guy who got hurt but if you're just like oh next man up it almost devalues the contributions and of, of some of these guys when you're not when you haven't played or, or don't play which is very silly and i recognize that but it's kind of just always bugged me but someone said, oh, next man up. And the thing is, they only have one more man to go up in their receiving group. It's only Tommy Lee Lewis. They didn't keep anyone else around coming out of training camp. So, um, great, next man up. But they are one injury away from literally not having any more receivers. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's been a steady uh, workout, you know, every day or two at McMahon Stadium this week with some different guys they've flown in. But, I mean, as a former football player, I mean, we all knew it was one play away from the next opportunity, and everybody's been a backup, and everybody's – they played and they were a starter. They knew. I mean, a lot of guys, they come back from injuries quick because they're so concerned that they're going to lose their spot because the next guy who got the opportunity gets to run with it, you know. I mean, there's been plenty of opportunities we've seen from that. You know, you look at this, you know, from from the Stampeders alone. Like, when did Jake Merrick get to play? Yeah. When Bo Levi Mitchell was banged up. And now that, you know, now who's the starting quarterback? Now who's the guy there? And, I mean, yeah, you can put plenty of arguments for other positions and other things going on. But sooner or later, everybody gets banged up. And then, you know, what's the backup able to do? And if they're able to make a make some big strides, maybe they'll be the guy moving forward. I said this on, on Monday's show, but. For me, the Riders at least showed me. I don't know that they showed me that they can compete with the very best teams in the league right now, but they showed me that sort of some of that like negative energy that was surrounding the team. Like they fought, they yeah. stuck together. Like they they impressed me in that in that regard in that game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that they showed a lot that they fought that they stuck around. Uh, they got some talented wide receivers there. Some young guys like MLS have really been stepping up. And uh, you know, if they can you know continue to get better in the trenches, I, I was always worried about them and there whether it's the O line and D line and what they're able to do. And we've talked about this before, that Trevor Harris isn't going to, you know, light the world on fire. But if he can uh, do enough to, you know, manage some games and get them ahead, then, uh, you know, they have a chance to, you know, this will be a dogfight here for that third place in the West. Right now it looks like it's shaping up as Winnipeg and BC is kind of two of the best teams in the league, if not the West. And now everybody wants to see what's going to happen here with that third playoff spot. Obviously lots can change. There's lots of seasons left. You know, everybody's always one play away from Mm -hmm. an injury that changes a lot of things. And, Unfortunately for the Calgary Stampeders, they've been the team that's been really bit by the injury bug early, and we'll see uh, what happens here for, for the rest of the season. Well, it, and, I mean, it, my last sort of thing on the Stampeders would be, like, this is something Dave Dickinson said. He said, like, what's unusual about it is it's the, it really is the skill positions right now, and those guys just don't – I mean, not that offensive linemen or defensive linemen do, but those are sort of areas where you anticipate a couple injuries throughout the season, but you just don't anticipate three of your starting five receivers not being available three weeks into the season long term yeah and i mean often with those positions it's often like the soft muscle tissue injuries like they pull a hamstring they have something like that going on a lot of these guys are getting surgeries or they're mm-hmm. you know they're getting big injuries you know achilles the stems is as bad as it gets <laughs> yeah. For, yeah acl achilles any of those is shut down but uh i don't know if you remember i believe it was the 2015 season but uh they had two offensive linemen break their legs in one drive i do remember that in one drive two offensive <laughs> linemen carted off and you know those That's guys. That's when Quinn Smith out. had to go play. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, a D and lineman. And yeah, six to eight line. weeks, two O linemen gone. And I mean, you know, finding a guy that's six seven, three hundred, and can stop other three hundred pound men is a little bit more challenging, I think, than finding a wide receiver. So yeah. from from that from that side of things, I think that they'll have an opportunity to bring in lots of guys that maybe they had a long look at training camp, they want to get back, or maybe you don't pluck somebody off a practice roster off another CFL team, or maybe they look into the trades and see what they can find there. And I do want to quickly say to anyone from Saskatchewan who is listening and is just like seething right now because I'm not acknowledging that the riders are also incredibly banged up. I do acknowledge that. Like I, it's just I cover the Stampeders and, and John's a Stampeders alumni. That's that's going to be our focus. But like the the riders do have a ton of injuries, and it was really impressed. John, what is your Canada Day plan so that I can ask you about the weekend? Because I don't want to be if you're out at a cabin. Like there's no, I don't want to. No, no, I'm I'm not uh, at a cabin or anything like that. Uh, one of my buddies has a place. Uh, He's up on the hill there by the saddle dome and they're going to set off the fireworks there. 
So uh, he's got a group of, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 of us is going to get together, probably see how a couple drinks taste and uh, see how the fireworks look. And I think that'll be a good weekend. What do you guys got going on? Uh, it's NHL free agency on Monday or on Saturday opening. So this is a, this is a work weekend for me and I'm not at all resentful about it. I'm, I don't wish that I was going to jump in a lake and go hiking and drink yeah. a bunch of beers. Are they uh, ever going to change that? Wasn't there chatter about that moving to July 4th or something or the Monday after? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? But, that would, uh, yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Do that instead of eliminating pride names, guys. Um, <laughs> but I will say, I mean, Edmonton, Ottawa, I've got Jerry Motorjohn coming on later, and like that game is hilarious. It's been a while since we had this like just terrible a matchup, but like both Winnipeg and Montreal, and then BC and Toronto are like low key quietly just oh, great, great games. Matchups. Yeah, we, we, we were chatting about this actually. So we have a big CFL group chat you're a part of. Yeah. And one of the ideas we always had was why don't you get the group? the Grey Cup champ from the year before to play at Ottawa on Canada Day. That'd be awesome. I mean, I feel like that's just like low-hanging fruit type stuff where, you know, mm-hmm. this is opportunity to come there and, uh, you know, show what's going up. And maybe that's opportunity for them to give them some sort of special, you know, yeah. Pride of Canada, sticker, coin, whatever it is yeah. to do on that day. That'd be great. But, yeah, I mean, I think the BC Toronto <clears throat> has got to be the matchup of the weekend that everybody will be looking at, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do there. I'm excited to see if Big Play VA can uh, do the, do what he's been doing. I mean, he, he did it against the Bombers' defense. Now yeah. can he do it against the Argos' defense? That's the thing. Like, I may still think that the Bombers are my Grey Cup favorite, but, like, the Lions and Argos have earned the right. This is, that's, that's the biggest game of the weekend. Absolutely. It's the best team in the West, and, I mean, I – the best team in the East, although Montreal has weirdly uh, a claim to being the best team in the East as well. They've been playing well. Yeah. They've been playing really well. I, I've I've been really impressed with uh, you know with with their quarterback play there with Cody Fajardo. They've been able to run the football as well. That, that's a team that could be sneaky, and you know they might be a team that hangs around and maybe they hit their stride. They could be a team that knocks off the Argos in the East later on in the year. Well, and I mean, my my feeling is, I mean, what what does hanging around look like when you have? Ottawa and a, and a Hamilton team that appears to have just gone completely off the rails in your division. I mean, second place, so you just 500 is going to yeah. comfortably get you into second place. I mean, I think we all have to believe that Hamilton's got to come around a little bit sooner or later. I mean, it's been a tough start for them out the gates. I don't think anybody thought they'd be 0 and 3. I know a lot of people were hoping and thought that they would have a good shot of, you know, playing in the Grey Cup in Hamilton, which I know what they, that's, when they were in free agency, that's what they were trying to do, it <laughs> seems. So uh, we'll see what they can do, see if Bolivar Mitchell can get healthy, see what they can get from Schultz uh, in the meantime, and uh, see if they can get some better play on defense as well. With a more educated eye, like what is the thing that's wrong with that Hamilton team? Uh, they just haven't. But so when Bolivar Mitchell was in there, his numbers weren't great. He wasn't able to push the ball downfield. It seemed like Schultz uh, had a better job doing that last week, and uh, they just need to do a better job doing maintaining and elongating drives. It seemed like they were always kind of sputtering on offense. It seemed like they uh, left there, and then the defense gets tired. The defense, you know, was opportunistic against Winnipeg. They got you know three or four turnovers there early, but uh, you know you can't leave the defense on the field the whole game either, and uh, you know that's going to be tough on them. So, I think that they just need to kind of find their identity. They brought in a lot of different players, and uh, they're going to have to find out what uh, solution that fits there. And we're just going to go back to finish to a, a text conversation we had, but this directly relates to the Stampeders. Yes. When you were at Nevada, you guys averaged 350 yards a game on the ground? That's right. So in 2008 and 2009, I believe, we were the number one rush team in the nation. In 2010, we finished top three or four. Um, 
I mean, what, what what's the secret? What can Dave Dickinson <laughs> learn from you right now? Now that all so, his receivers are injured, <laughs> there's a few things. You need a Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Okay. That helps. <laughs> yeah. You get the read option going. Yeah. Makes it tough for you know. You can leave one of the DNs. Is he, he available? Yeah. yeah I mean, he, <laughs> potentially, I don't know. It could be one of those things you got to look into with the salary cap. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah. So that 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 is something you could look at. We ran the pistol offense in Nevada, and we ran the ball down people's throats all day long. And, I mean, you saw the stats I sent you. There was over 50 <laughs> rushing touchdowns. Well, One year we were, had over three 1,000-yard rushers. You know. It's it's nuts, to be honest, yeah. I would say video game numbers, but we always said it was almost better. I mean, we're averaging seven yards a carry a lot of times with some backs that put up 1,500-plus yards. So, yeah, we did a lot of good things there. It's amazing. Kadeem Carey should be back in a couple of weeks. You got Diedrich Mills. Hopefully Peyton Logan is okay. I'm just saying. It's an option. Stampede should look at it. I mean, with a guy like Tommy Stevens, they could do a lot. That's true. They could really <laughs> lean on that run game, especially in the red zone. When Tommy Stevens came in, we saw what was his yards per carry. I think he was five, six yards per carry. We saw him in a game last year have four carries for 150 yards. You know, you can really get defenses into a jam with some guys like that that are just tough matchups. You get a quarterback that's 6'6", 250 on the edge against a corner who's 180 pounds. What do you think is going to happen? Like, I yeah, mean, I yeah, he's going to run over him, run through him, do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I mean, if they can do more of that stuff around the goal line and short yardage, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I think that, and we're getting various stampeders, like we're talking yeah. about the backup quarterback. So I'm sure non Calgary people hate us, but like, I think that they need him to start throwing the ball a little bit so that defenses sure. aren't completely anticipating it. But yeah. they did that two quarterback set um, at the start of the second half, and it worked for sure. Like the second the defense was not completely ready for what was happening tommy stevens is just a big man who can truck through guys sure um and we've seen teams in the cfl that did great with this before we saw the blue bombers in 2019 and chris strevler yep. what they were able to do that was the whole reason they beat the stamps in the playoffs stamps had no answer for it you know when they got into the big sets with strevler and he could run the ball down people's throats and i mean you get some big running backs back there it's it's a lot it wears down a defense you got to bring okay. down 200 plus pound running backs, quarterbacks, 25 times a game. It's going to add up. All right. John, man, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much for lending us again. Sick gray cup. We got a Stampeders um, hat. Or, sorry, helmet, helmet, not mini helmet. Um, oh. It joins our James Wilder Jr. Get Wilder hat that was given to me at the 2018 gray cup. Um, I don't know if it was given to me or if you just forgot to ask for it back. <laughs> we, had some, we had some weird memorabilia here. We're going to get some stuff in the background too. But man, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, you are the best. I appreciate you. All That's right, fun. for sure. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Thank you to John Bender for, for stopping by. Um, Bender again, University of Nevada, Calgary, Stan Peters alum, buddy of mine who, I don't know, we often have a little bit of food together at the Stamps House before games. Um, just, you know, really smart, knowledgeable guy. And, understands parts of football that I don't and I don't think most uh, most people do because he's played at such a high level so thank you to him um, again brought to you by Fraser and Fig um, you're looking for cheese or charcuterie come by Martaloop stop by their shop they've got ready to go cheese charcuterie boxes curated with local mm -hmm. and art ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Personal ingredients, they got four sizes. Every occasion, including my picnic a few weeks back, uh, the boxes all come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Um, no joke. Check these guys out, man. Uh, Fraser and Fig, thank, to them. thank you to them uh, for sponsoring us and uh, for bringing John Bender um, in. So, yeah, next up we got Jerry Motorjong. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot about the Elks uh, so far on this podcast. We've, you know, I don't know. This is like what, the seventh episode or something like that. Um, we mostly haven't talked about the Elks that much because they're not very good is the reality. And it's more interesting up top and trying to figure out who is great versus trying to figure out why the Elks are getting shut out or, you know, their quarterback situation is a mess and, and all of that stuff. So, um, but you know, the stamps have a bye week you know, the riders have a bye week the Ticats have a bye week Why not chat a little bit about the Elks, try to get an idea of what's going on. Um, you know, just, just take a measure of, of of the general vibes there in Edmonton because I think that we were all really excited to see them bring in so many people um, to that first game. It was what, well over 30,000 for their home opener. Great crowd, and I, I don't think that, you know, the performance on the field should take away from some really cool things that are being done by that organization. And uh, at the same time, they got to win a game at home in a long time. And uh, I don't know. I know... I deal with it. The Stamps have won a lot at home over the last little while. Um, not so much the last couple of seasons, but, you know, o- over the last decade. And every time they lose at home, I hear way more about it than when they lose away. So it's important that you keep your home fans happy. The Elks have not done a great job of that. So let's uh, let's cut to Jerry Motorjong here. Let's uh, hear what he's got to say about it. One of my favorite dudes in the industry. Really excited to have him on. All right, guys. The man, the myth, the legend. Jerry Motorsong, buddy. How are you? I'm better now. I've never been called that before. The man, the myth, the legend? Yeah. I know. I, I've mean, never I'm called anyone school. that before. I don't know why I said it, to be honest. Whatever you got kind of... planned, I'm in. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't. I'm still learning. Like, this is a very new show. I don't know if anyone, like, how many people are listening. Um, well, but I'm just kind of making it up. And I guess that's part of my shtick is just saying man, myth, legend. Um, how are you? How are the Edmonton Elks? The... Uh... <laughs> wow, let's get right to it. They, uh, they're they're here. Let's put it that way. They're they're present and accounted for. And uh, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll give you one example of where the Edmonton Elks are. Uh, so I walk into the locker room after 
loss number three of the season, uh, seven in a row, and 19 in a row at home. Uh, this was on Sunday, 41 to, well, with five and a half minutes left, it was still 41 or 43, 17. Uh, Edmonton ended up getting a couple of quick TDs and garbage time with their third string QB in, uh, and ended up making it a lot closer on the scoreboard than it should have been. But, but Hey, you know what? Good for him. The kid did his job. He, he didn't made the most of his opportunities. Uh, but back to my point, I, I walk into the locker room and guys are mad. Guys are ticked off. Uh, besides those two TDs where Toronto was backed up playing, you know, uh, just whatever, just don't let them in the end zone sort of, sort of thing. Just giving them yards and stuff. Uh, I mean, it was, I, at one point I thought it was going to be a, a, a scoreless half, which would have been what? Given the 22 nothing shutout the week before, it would have been six of eight quarters that the Elks would have got shut out and offensively. And just a mess. So, anyways, guys are all, all ticked off, throwing pads into their locker stalls. And I go up to one guy and uh, we'll just we'll just keep his name out of it. And he, and he just looks at me and I'm like, hey man, you got a minute? And he's like, Basically, what it boils down to, he said, I would rather get fined by the league than have to talk to you right now. And I said, <laughs> fair enough. So, so, Danny, they're mad. They're, they're angry, which is a lot further uh, ahead in the process, I guess, than where they ended off last year when it's just like another loss and we knew we were out. And here we go. It's... You know, it is what it is, and and they just don't care. So that's where they are. I'll give them that much that that they still want to do better. And you know, is it too late at this point? Uh, maybe, maybe even. Uh, it probably, definitely is. If they go into Ottawa Friday and and lose there to uh, arguably the worst team in the league, I guess we'll find out uh, which one is. Um, it's amazing that the other two games this weekend are. Like Winnipeg and Montreal, like yeah. an undefeated Montreal against a Winnipeg that's stumbling. Fascinating. Like can make Perfect. the argument two of the top four teams and then Toronto and uh, NBC, like probably the two best teams in the league right now. And then we have Ottawa and Edmonton. And I don't want to do the thing where I'm being like the yeah. Calgary reporter who was just making fun of Edmonton. Cause like, I really want, I, like, I'd like the Elks to be better. I think we all need the Elks to be better. But Danny, they're, they're, they're the punchline of this town already. There's nothing you can say that would pile on to them any worse than they do themselves. Uh, they're a joke. I can't, I can't walk up and talk to anybody who asks me what I do and, and mention the Elks and not have them be like, how long has it been since they won here? It, it's just, everybody knows them. They couldn't tell you what years the five in a row were anymore unless they were football fans. But everybody, everybody in the city knows them as the, the walking punchline. Um, and it, it's Can I just interrupt really quickly. Cause I just want to acknowledge that I did this. I, I tried to drink a sip of my water and I didn't take the cap off. So anyone watching this on YouTube is going to be able to, <laughs> gonna be able to see me do that. I'm the Edmonton Elks of, of podcast hosts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, obviously, cause you invited me on. So <laughs> I can't believe I got you on. Cause I'm cause I'm so busy. <laughs> I, Danny, this has been this has been 
two years and, and one-sixth of, of, of the way into year three now. I'm basically writing elk stories by filling in the blanks from the same thing I've written the previous But you're saying, okay, I want to, like, I'm going to try to, like, force some positivity. It is positive because last year, like, from the start of the year, we knew they were going to be a trash fire. And it didn't seem like anyone was overly upset about it. It was sort of accepted that this is part of the Chris Jones process. So I guess the fact that in year two we expected them to be better and are, they're not is a problem, but at least they're at least they're emotionally invested. I, I do think there's something there. I'm, okay. I'm reaching, but <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know if it makes it better or worse at this point, Danny. But their defense has been something to watch. Um, you know, up until Toronto hung 43 points on them, uh, they're only allowing under 20 points a game, uh, one touchdown per game. Uh, I mean, it was something, it, you know, if the offense could have held up half their end, they would have been in these games. And, and uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, we saw in, in season opening uh, game uh, against Saskatchewan, they got obviously stuffed on the goal line, you know, three downs to, to punch it across and, and get the yeah. go ahead TD in the dying minutes. Uh, and then, you know, this week it was, you know, the, the biggest Thinks in sliced bread in free agency to, to come in here, and uh, Eugene Lewis uh, is supposed to be uh, the difference maker, right? For for this young QB, uh, supposed to make things all uh, you know a lot easier on Taylor Cornelius, and and what does he do? He he drops a ball at the one yard line. I I don't know what it is about Commonwealth Stadium. They can't win there. They apparently have trouble you know getting it past the the curtain of the goal line. Um, you know, congrats to you on trying to be positive, but it, there is. There is something going on. I don't know what it is. It's just a mess. Um, and I, I don't know how they fix it. I mean, what were they doing not getting some sort of veteran quarterback in? Uh, well, who was around? The the guy from Hamilton. Evans. Evans. Yeah. He was he was available. Uh they weren't gonna go get Bo. You know, no no offense to you guys down there, but that's just that was just not gonna fly. And, and you know, to their credit, what we've seen from Bo already that it was the right decision not to go yep. after him. I um, I, I don't know who else is around. They threw their money at Taylor Cornelius, so he didn't chase a, a spring league contract. Because where else do you go out and find a 6'5", 230-pound guy who can fire at the length of the field? You know, not accurately, but he can. Uh, yeah. it, I, I, hands were tied, I guess. Uh, you know what? The, to their credit, they did come out and find uh, Jared Dagey and brought him in, and, and he, he impressed as much as he – he got a chance to against second, third stringers in, uh, you know, in the preseason. Uh, but, but he looked calm and composed out there. Uh, you know, I, way too early in the process to, to deem him the answer or, or not, but Hey, at least it's something. Um, so I mean, last year, they also found the current Stampeders starting left tackle. They just cut him. Uh, got <laughs> uh, and then he just hung around Edmonton. The guy, like he's a Florida international. I don't know if you know this guy's story. He I is, don't. He played at Florida International. I don't know if he's a Florida guy. And I'm, who knows? Does the CFL have? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's from Georgia. Um, it's good that they have where the players are from. No stats, but right. where they're from. Um, but, yeah, he played at Florida International. Was, like, up with the Elks. Got cut last year. Just stayed in Edmonton. And then uh, wrote the Stampeders strength and conditioning coach in, like, March. And was like, hey, man, like, can I come down for a tryout? They said, sure. He came down and he's nailed their starting left tackle. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, so good on Chris Jones for that. Is he like in the hot seat? 
Come on, Chris Jones would have had that guy playing cornerback. <laughs> so, so good on that guy for, for getting out. I love the energy you're bringing right now, man. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for Chris. Don't get me wrong. I'm not piling on the guy. I've seen proof positive. I've had a front row seat, Danny, in, in what the guy can do and, and how he can turn things around. Yeah, of course, sure. back then he had a franchise quarterback under under his wing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are now in danger of going 0-4 for the first time since you know, 2010 when Danny Machocha was fired five weeks into the season. So that's should beat with. the Red Blacks. Danny, they're on a short week. They're, they're on a short week. Ottawa's coming off a bye. Edmonton has to travel out east. It's... They're behind the they're behind the gun on that one. It, it's going to be all they can do to to keep up with them. I, Ottawa, and home. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the toilet bowl of the CFL. Uh, and you know what? Let's not let's not pile on Edmonton and Ottawa right now without leaving Hamilton out of out of the mix. Well, this right? is this is what I was going to say. July thirteenth, Edmonton Elks at home, Hamilton Tiger Cats. This yeah. could be the one. Yeah, be- beautiful. But let's look at the schedule a little closer than that. There is a you played paper rock scissors. It is Edmonton, Ottawa, Hamilton, all facing each other in, in, a, in a little uh, three amigos here uh, over the next three weeks. So, and two of those teams are, are going to have buys worked in there, and Edmonton doesn't. They get to go into Regina, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's so, not going to go well. Well, it, it's not going to go. It, it's the last team they beat, of course, at different QBs. You know what's home. terrifying? Looking at their schedule and. Anyone who says I should have done this before you on there, if they don't beat the Thai Cats, like let's say that they lose to Ottawa for the reasons that you've named, then they have yeah. the Riders in Saskatchewan, which is yeah. a tough game. If they lose to Hamilton, at which point they would be 0-6. Yeah. Their next their next three games are then against the Bombers, the right. Lions, and the Bombers. So yeah. this team could be 0-9 relatively easily. Yeah, let's look at that Hamilton game. The 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 Owen six game that will be what the twentieth loss at home in a row where they just don't win in Commonwealth. So as bad as Hamilton is, maybe you know what? Maybe the football gods are finally going to smile down on them and, and be like, okay, this will be the one. Here you go. Still one and five with that murderous row coming up. It's uh, yeah, of course Chris Jones is in the hot seat. Yeah, I will say this. I like committed. I'm not like as much fun as it might be to just like drive myself to games i'm not doing it but like this this year like you know i there was this part of me that was like oh like maybe it'd be fun just go see some friends in regina use some of my few remaining points you know i miss being on the road but like oh. no i'm not i'm not zero chance like i wouldn't cover it i would just go to a stamps game there just how fun, fun would that be it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> i know i considered it but i'm not doing it but if the elks are somehow if the elks have have still not won a home game by the Labor Day replay. I am coming to Edmonton for the Labor Day replay and we'll just have a great time. Hopefully they give me a Tesla like they did last year. (laughs) Hopefully you let me drive it again. That was awesome. For for, for context, last year, I always rent a car so that I don't put the miles on my own car when I I drive up to Edmonton um, for for the Labor Day replay. And last year, just I, I got it to the i think it was a thrifty car rental and the guy was super apologetic and was like all i have is a tesla man <laughs> i was like yeah man give me give me this tesla and like you're not supposed to let other people drive it but i i imagine the statute of limitations is over jerry definitely drove you, that you that totally tesla. did you totally did. and when i wasn't driving it i was laying myself out on the hood taking pictures uh, of myself. it was great what a <laughs> what a fun thing no one was really obnoxious with that tesla um <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not a rich man, but I felt like one. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not a smart man because I, I got in that thing. I started fooling around with the, the, the big display there. It like shows all these like colors you can pick on the car. So I'm like, hot pink, here we go. I press the button. I run outside, close the door. I'm like, okay. I no. seriously thought this thing was going to like turn color in front of my eyes. So did I, though. I don't know what that was. To been, so I would have just I'd been like, yep. Uh, you know what? Sell my house. I need that one. That would be sick if there was a car that just changed colors. Um, um, okay, let me just try to be a podcast host here. They drew 32000 for the home opener. Are they doing that? Are, are they consistently going to be above 20? No. 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 That was, you, know what, you know what that was in my mind? That was this city saying, okay, we are granting you guys a reprieve. You know, it has been two hard years. You changed the name of our team on us and haven't won at home since you did that rebranding thing. And you know what? We missed football. That was that was the longest offseason I, I, I think there ever could have been in, in whatever this current format. Uh, because they had a buy in week 21. So they were out, you know, as long as can be. It just felt like everybody wanted football back. Uh, of course, the riders were a talent. Let's. Let's not forget that fact that, you know, those guys come out of the woodwork. And, and you know what? Bless them. It's great to see. Uh, but I, I don't know if they account for 12,000 in the stands. So people in the city wanted to come out here, um, you know, and, and just say, hey, here we go. And what do the Elks do? Run into a wall at the goal line. And and you know what? That was it. Uh you know, it's uh, it's summertime now. Kids are out of school. You know, people have a lot of excuses not to go to a football game. Um, as we saw on Sunday, uh, it was – I don't know what uh, – they probably announced 20. It was well under half that. It was – and you know how I can tell? Driving to the stadium, how easy it is as I get a few blocks away and maneuvering my way around and, and getting to my like, parking spot, it, it was way too easy. It went off a cliff, and I recognize that, like, you know, people are really focused on that 17,000 or the 18,000 number in Calgary, but like that was a legitimate 18. Like I, I will give them that they didn't lie about that. And I honestly, like my only issue ever with Edmonton is that I have an ex who's currently lives in Vancouver, but is a huge Edmonton fan. Uh, and we're not at the point where I've like moved past all of it. So it's like, I still want Edmonton sports teams to lose for that reason. Um, there is one big Edmonton Elks fan out there. I don't know how much he cares about the Elks, to be fair, but it was like particularly during the hockey playoffs. I was like, oh, no, the Oilers can't win. Uh, but, I mean, I'm like, that's the extent of my like resent torture. But like, I love, like, I honestly, like, I have a great time every time I'm in Edmonton. Like, I, I genuinely love it as a city. Um, but like, the reality is, like, last year, if people thought that that 18,000 numbers, I don't know what they were announcing at games last year, mm -hmm. but I've never, I have not covered in Toronto anywhere as, as empty a stadium as I did for wow. those. Because I think that they played before Labor Day. Like, yeah. I had, I don't know. I Labor Day replay couldn't have been that bad. But there were some ugly, ugly games. Now, one of them, those games, there was like a three-hour rain delay where right. Commonwealth, I don't know if you remember, the, <laughs> the press box was raining. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, there's still a giant stain on the ceiling tile right above where you were sitting. So Yeah, it was wild. Which, like, again, I work at McMahon, so I'm not making fun of Commonwealth. I like right. that stadium. But it does it does worry me. Um, it does worry me. And to be honest, like, again, when you have that competition from an, an NHL team that yeah. has two of the most exciting hockey players in the world, like, it, yeah. 
the Elks are going to be easy to ignore. That's what stresses me out. Yeah, in a brand new bar too. Right, Rogers Place is brand brand spank new, still sparkly and shiny. Uh, Commonwealth got a facelift a decade ago now. It's not like they're going to bulldoze the place and build something new. That's why Calgary's almost in a better situation because that place has to go sooner or later. They're going to figure it out and they're going to get a brand new. It, the Dinos are moving out of McMahon. Like the university team was like, "Peace, this isn't good enough for us." <laughs> like, yeah, it's about time. Yeah. If anybody has money, it's a university, right? Yeah. Well, and apparently the province for our new arena. Um, how'd that go over at Edmonton? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, um, well, anyways, I think that I think this has been great. Um, I love that. I honestly, I was like, maybe Jerry is going to come in and and like I don't have. I'm pretty worried that the Stampeders are about to fall off a cliff. But with the Stampeders, it's like, well, all their players are are hurt. So I think that if fans are mad about it, then like guys you're missing the professional sports are hard, yeah. but with the Elks, um, I don't know. It, it, it's weird to me that sort of one of the marquee franchises didn't go out and recognize that they needed a quarterback. Um, I, I honestly was going to ask you about Jarrett Doge, but I wasn't sure how to say his last name and I didn't want to acknowledge that on a podcast. <laughs> Is it Doge Doge? Well, we say Jakey, but and, and he answers us, so let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, all right. Any, are, are you looking forward to to seeing him in the starters role? Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, uh, because it, it's time. I mean, they they've hung on to Taylor Cornelius a lot. They they wanted him to to be successful. Obviously, not, not just because uh, he he's you know it would be the easiest thing, but uh, let's put it this way. Trevor Harris said it best when he was still in Montreal last year. And just asked him, well, what do you, what do you think of this Cornelius kid you're going to come up against? Because, uh, I mean, he kind of mentored him a little bit in the beginning uh, during his time here before he was so unceremoniously sent packing. Uh, and, and you know what? It might have been one of the best things to happen to Trevor Harris. Who knows? Um, well, did you see Naylor's tweet about how, like, the, the Red Blacks and Elks records since releasing Trevor Harris? Yeah, wild. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Don't release uh, Yeah. So, anyways, he 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 explains it like this. He's like Taylor Cornelius is basically who you would create in Madden football if you were creating a quarterback, right? He, he's got all the tools. He should have it all. Uh, obviously, up here is uh, is is where it's lacking for him. Uh, and and you know what? To be fair, he he didn't have that you know veteran. Mike Riley type to, to sit down two years on the sidelines and watch play and, and learn from, uh, he was kind of thrown into the fire, uh, just, you know, baptism by fire, right? Like get out there and, and you're going to learn the hard way, but the growing pains, you know what, over the two years. Yeah. And, and here we go. 32,000 show up to, to see this, uh, you know, new, newly rebranded, rebranded Edmonton team. And, uh, I mean, they fall, fall on their face and, and can't get it over the goal line when it counts. So, uh, you know what? It's not all on him, certainly. Uh, you know what? Uh, Stephen McAdoo, as offensive coordinator, certainly has a, a, a lot to atone for. Um, and, of course, the buck stops with Chris Jones. So, uh, man, we've been through their, their schedule and what's to come. Uh, I guess stay tuned for, for uh, you know, the fallout and what's going to happen uh, if these guys don't start turning it around for their head coach right now. So two things. I created a I – I'm not playing Madden right now, but I created in FIFA – 
a Danny Austin, which I'd never done before. But <laughs> I literally like I don't know how it happened because I, I wanted him to be a six foot two Canadian like me. <laughs> Instead, he's a five foot five Cameroonian man. Um Perfect. this little man, and I'm just like stuck with him and I can't change who he is. Um and I just keep requesting transfers because my coaches won't play me. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. That's, on, that's on those coaches because they got to they got to recognize the fight that's inside you, Danny. Man, do they ever? But it also makes me feel like I'm actually just like a problem child. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm one of those people in sports that like the media just hates because I think right. that I'm better than I am. But I mean, I'm five. Foot, I got a little man syndrome. I'm five foot five. Um, yeah. Also, team. in twenty seconds, is there any hope for Trey Ford? Oh, I, I, we haven't even seen him. He, uh, yeah, he got bumped down to third string. Didn't even dress last week, and with what transpired with Kyle Oxley getting the the boot, he's he's going to be in. Uh, he's going to be dressed at least. Uh, I see him as a third stringer behind Cornelius. Cool. cool. I'm going to request that you do this all the time because you were great Let's there. Let's do it. <laughs> I was saying you're not like you don't really use Twitter the way I do, so like I'm not even going to direct people really to your Twitter account. No, I but, do not. No, but you know you you cover their the emails for the. The, the Sun and, and the Journal, uh, owned currently by Post Media, and yeah, you're you're the man. This is hilarious. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. I I had to I had to live up to the billing, so hopefully <laughs> it's great. It's great because like I honestly, my whole plan was I was like, because I'm trying to make this not just be a Calgary podcast. Right. We're still we're still recording what for what have you. Just so you we're both totally aware. So I didn't want to just come in and make fun of Edmonton. And like make fun of the Elks. Like I have nothing to make fun of when it comes to Edmonton. I love Edmonton. Um, but then you did it for me. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really, I'm just the guy in, in the front row seat of the stand-up comedy show because they're doing it all themselves. I love it, man. All right, <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you to Jerry uh, again from. Well, I guess he's my colleague up at the Edmonton Sun and Edmonton Journal. Covers the Elks, is, is one of the best in the business. A little bit less interested in social media than I am. But, um, you know, check out his stuff. He is the best. Um, and John Bender, former stamp, important part of our, our little football community here. Calgary. Um, watched the Grey Cup with him last year. Had, had a time in my life. He's, he's a good pal and uh, has provided us with, you know, new decorations for our little studio here. So uh, very grateful. Gonna look, gonna look a little bit more professional, I think. So thank you. And of course, thank you to Fraser and Fig. Uh, I talk about them all the time. I think these guys are the best. Uh, they're here in Marta Loop. If you're looking for our charcuterie and cheese box, which who isn't, um, look for these guys. They, they are the answer to your question. Um, they got ready to go. Cheese and charcuterie boxes curated with local and artisanal ingredients. They got four sizes. Legitimately, any occasion, they got a size for it. Uh, the boxes all come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, carrots. Selections also vary, so you're not getting the same box every time. They rule. Um, I don't know. As I said off the top of the show, fun week um, in the CFL. You got Edmonton and Ottawa on Friday. You've got Winnipeg and Montreal on Canada Day. And then on Monday, the Lions and Argonauts, you know, two top teams in the league right now, arguably. So uh, lots of fun. Guys, we appreciate you. We're going to be back early next week. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. I really, really appreciate all your guys' support. You guys are uh, the only reason we can keep doing this. So thank you for listening. I'm Danny Austin. Have a good one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.